and they were going to go and anoint his body with spices. And on the way there, they were discussing who's going to move that huge stone that had been rolled to cover and seal the entrance. And they got there, and the stone had already been rolled away. And they went inside, and what they noticed was an empty tomb. And two angels met them with dazzling clothes, and they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He isn't here. He has risen. Easter is the most significant, important event that has ever hit this planet. Jesus split time in two, literally from B.C. to A.D. And Jesus Christ, when he came to this earth, he did something that no one else could do in bringing forgiveness, in breaking down chains and strongholds and setting us free. Today, over a billion people across the planet are celebrating what happened that morning in that tomb. Death to life. The resurrection of Jesus boldly declares that God has the power to overcome sin and death and to transform our lives completely. I love the word transformation. In the Greek, it is metamorpho, and it means to change from one state to another, to take something in one state and change it to something totally new. Not just a little bit. We tend to do that, don't we? We we, we, we settle for so much less than actual transformation. We'll settle for just some self-improvement over complete transformation. We'll settle in various ways like, how about just a little bit free, a little bit free instead of total emancipation, partially pardoned instead of complete forgiveness. And we try different things in order to kind of Fill that void within our own heart. And Jesus came, though, to give us full freedom, complete forgiveness, and a transformation that would last all the way into eternity. God stands ready this morning to transform your life. And that's good news because I've tried to transform my own many times and it just didn't work. I don't have the power to do that. When God looks at you, he, he sees somebody that he created, that he loves, that he understands, and he has a jealous love towards you. And his invitation to you and to me is not to share a religion, it's to share a relationship. God gets it. He sees our struggle. That's part of why Jesus came to this earth, is to identify with the pain that we experience. God sees the loneliness, the emptiness the strained relationships. He sees the mess that we can make of our own life, the bad decisions that lead to difficult consequences, selfishness in our marriage, and all the various things that we do, lesser things, to try and kind of take away the pain that's in our life. I've, I did that for years. For years, trying to medicate the pain, trying to kind of amp up the boredom, to deal with the anger, and all, all that it did in my own life was lead from one level of bondage to another, one problem to another, just created more brokenness. Sexual pursuits, porn addiction, substance abuse. And then when those don't work, you know, you turn to, to success, to money, to achievement. Maybe I can make my mark. And yet God says, I made you, I created you. 
created you with a purpose, and only I can forgive your sins, and only I can reach into your soul and meet the need that's really there and bring freedom. Romans chapter 5, verse 7, I love this passage. It says, God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for me in the midst of my selfishness, my sin, my rebellion, my apathy towards him, that in that state, God sent his son to hang on the cross, to die a death that was brutal, to be buried, and in three days to rise again. Why? So that we could live, so that we could experience God's closeness, his forgiveness, and and a life that was made whole. The psalmist said this, He said, God, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. That tells me that God sees our pain. He notices every detail of your life. You've heard it said that nothing is too big for God. Did you know that nothing is too small for him as well? Nothing is too insignificant. No person is too far gone that his hand cannot reach out and save. And some of us are going through a tough time right now. And maybe it's big, maybe it's small. Maybe you've experienced a a death of a loved one. Or some of you, maybe you've received notice recently that you're going to be unemployed or you are unemployed or you're looking into your future and you're wondering, what's what's out there? What's going to happen to me? Or you're looking at your marriage wondering, is it going to even last through the end of the year? Some of you are fighting health battles, depression, Maybe you received a diagnosis recently, or you just are in a job that feels like a dead end and you feel like you're trapped. No matter what it is, he sees you. He sees your pain. He knows your tears. He cares about your life, and he loves you. And his love reaches out to say, I want to transform your life. I don't want to make just a little self-improvement. I don't want to make just a little mild outward change. I want to change from the inside out. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, out of the message translation, I love this, says, what a God we have and how fortunate we are to have him, this father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead, we have been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And that future starts now. Don't you love that? How encouraging is that to go, man, God has made a way for me all the way into eternity and he wants it to start right now, today, because of Jesus, because of the cross, and most importantly, because of the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, that he can give you and me the power to live out a transformed life. What a God we have, a brand new life, and the future starts now. God says, if I can raise Jesus Christ from the dead, I can give you the same kind of power in your own life. I can take that dying relationship in your life with your wife or your husband or your child, and I can do something miraculous to bring restoration. God says, if I can raise Jesus from the dead, you don't think I can take that sick person and heal them? God says, because I raised Jesus from the dead, from the dead people, that I can raise you up as well. I can break that addiction. I can release you from those things that have been holding you back. What is it that you've tried to change inside yourself 
and you just haven't been able to. Because we all, we all have the ability to make some changes. We do. But there are also other things within us that we cannot change without God's power. There are things within us that as much as we want, as hard as we try, it will never change until we surrender our life to God and invite his power into our life. I mean, that's, that's how it has happened for hundreds of people here in this room, and it's definitely how it has happened for me, is it's in that surrender, that place of surrender, invitation of Jesus Christ and his power. That's what changes things. In a few moments, we're going to baptize a couple people. Baptism, I love, because on Easter especially, it's always when the early church, the ancient church, would do baptisms because it was such a powerful symbol, a a representation of Jesus Christ being buried and being uh, rising from the dead. That when you go under the water, it's a symbol of being buried to an old life, a sinful life. And when you come up out of the water, it's it's symbolic of a whole new life, a brand new life. It's, it's like drawing a line in the sand to say, I'm no longer going to live for myself or even to try and improve myself through a little self-improvement plan. I'm going to surrender completely to God and allow him to do what he wants to do in my life. I'm going to get on his path, his plan, his program, his purpose, and God is going to do something powerful. Jesus himself was baptized in the Jordan River. In John's gospel, it says when Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I'm the one that needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? Great question. Jesus, the son of God, sinless and perfect in every way, is submitting himself to baptism, which is like, you know, he didn't need to repent or change or turn. But he said, no. He said, I'm going to be baptized. He said, Jesus, in verse 15, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Jesus was saying, that, yeah, I haven't sinned. He's saying, but I'm going to carry the weight of your sin. I'm going to carry the weight of the world's sin on my shoulders as I'm, as I'm hanging on that cross. And then I'm going to be buried And I'm going to die, and then I'll rise again. And so he's saying, I'm going to to be baptized, and I'm going to lead the way so that we too can be baptized. If Jesus was baptized, so will I. Verse 16, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens, they were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. God the Father was confirming that Jesus Christ was indeed his son and that he loved him. And the Holy Spirit filled him in that moment. And what we see in the baptism of Jesus is not only only a visual precursor of his death, burial, and resurrection, but what we also see is like this this, it's almost like three baptisms in one. Jesus was baptized in water. When he comes out of the water, we see him baptized in the Holy Spirit, God's power. And then we see him just immersed in God's love, that this is my son in whom I love. And God wants all three of those for every one of us. That we're baptized in water, which is a baptism of repentance. 
But then we're also baptized in the Holy Spirit, which gives us the very power we need to live and walk a transformed life. I remember when I first gave my heart to Christ, I was such a hellion. I was such a, I mean, people had me pegged like the guy who's going to fail in life. And my parents and my friends, when I gave my heart to Christ, they were like, we'll see how long that lasts, you know? Like, probably isn't going to take. And so it took about, you know, 40 years to convince people. (laughs) Just now, a few old high school friends are starting to get convinced. It might actually take. But it's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to walk out the very thing that God does in our life over time, long period of time, through all the seasons, all the ups and the downs and the hardships and the depressions and the deaths and the tragedies and the sicknesses and the things that will tempt you. It's the Holy Spirit. He wants you to know him. He wants to have a relationship with you. Romans chapter 6 says, Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died, we were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. In this room are hundreds of people who have experienced that power of God and have, are walking out that transformed life. And you can too, because it's for everybody. It's not just for people that are religious. Matter of fact, I'm glad it's not because I was anything but religious, far from God, didn't give a rip about the church or any of the traditions or the religiosity of, of, of good people. God died for every one of us. He wants to forgive you, empower you, and show you how much he loves you. One person wrote me about their kind of moment of transformation. They said, I graduated from high school holding a three-year grudge against God for the death of my older brother. I hadn't spoke to the Lord in what seemed like forever and blaming God for everything in my life that had gone wrong. It's the way my life was going. I was depressed I lacked any relationship with God. And with a husband and two young sons later, I still had lots of resentments. My husband kept trying to get me to come to church, but I came and I would just sit on the back row. My husband was praying for me, and something happened. And to this day, I believe it was that moment that God touched my spirit and invited me back into his life. It was as if God had chosen that specific time for me to come and listen In the auditorium, full of believers, I could not contain the tears that fell so heavily into my hands. I asked God for forgiveness, apologized for ever feeling the things I did toward God, and after three years, I finally grieved the way I should for the loss of my older brother, and God was right next to me the entire time, filling me with his warmth and his love and his forgiveness. That night, I changed. It's that change, that transformation It's the power of God intersecting with our life. Real people going through real struggles. And then there's real change. The biggest miracle of all is when God touches a person's heart and changes us from the inside out. I don't know of a bigger miracle. That impossible situation going on in your life today that God, he has the power to turn it around. What could God do in your life if you just surrendered your will to him, surrendered to him and said, God, I don't understand it all. I don't get it all. I don't have it all figured out. 
but as much as I do today, I'm just putting the weight of my life, my faith and my trust in the God who loves me and made me. See, because Jesus died, we have this promise that all of our sins would be forgiven. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we also have access now to the power of the Holy Spirit that we can literally walk out that transformation through our life. Last week, along with probably many of you, my heart was so saddened as I watched Notre Dame begin to burn. And, and that beautiful building and the spire on top, it caught on fire. And at the time, because we're watching live, you know, through social media now, you're like, man, I don't know, the whole thing might just burn to the ground. People in the streets of Paris were weeping. And they were looking at that because it represented kind of like it was a symbol of Christianity. It was a landmark of Paris. It was a statement of uh, architecture and art. There were relics inside that were irreplaceable. And then, of course, it burned. Uh, the spire did. It collapsed. And that was lost along with some of the irreplaceable stained glass windows and other relics that they're not fully sure yet. A lot of it was saved, thankfully. But you see, people build these, or back, especially back then, they built, built these, I believe it's 800 years old, and they would build these, these uh, temples, and they would build these churches in order to kind of give glory to God and have people look at it and go, man, God must be great. And as amazing as any church like Notre Dame is, and inspiring to walk through, it doesn't hold a candlestick to you. You and I are called the workmanship of God, the piece of art that God is most proud of. And it's your transformed life, it's me living out my transformed life that brings glory to God. 1 Corinthians 6 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. Boy, that's a mess. That's a, that's a mouthful right there. That is a statement the world needs to hear today, that I am not my own. I don't just do whatever I want. You have been bought with a price, the very blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. So glorify God in your body. There's a song we're going to sing in just a moment, just talking about how everything that God created brings glory to him. And we, out of all of his creation, are the only ones that actually get a choice to go, yes, I will give glory to God, or no, thank you, God, I won't. We are the only ones in all creation, all of creation gives glory to God. Listen to this powerful lyric. It says, God, as you speak, a hundred billion failures disappear. Where you lost your life so I could find it here. If you left the grave behind, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've done. Every part designed in a work of art called love. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. And our yes to God, it's a surrender to God. It's a so will I statement. Saying, God, you died for me. You rose from the grave. You sent your Holy Spirit to live in me, to empower me. 
And if you chose surrender, so will I. So will I. Let's pray now. Would you bow your head with me as we pray? God has been trying to get your attention for a long time. And you being here is no accident. God brought you here to say this to you. I made you. I understand you. I love you. And I want to help you discover your real purpose in life. And I died for you so that you could live for me. Maybe you're here today and it's just become clear to you that that so will I statement, that yes to God statement, that line in the stand statement where I step across the line of faith and I put my trust in the God who saved me and loves me, died for me and rose from the grave for me, that that day is now, that time is now because that life that he has for me doesn't start next year it starts today and I want to pray for you if that's you just while we're praying while our heads are bowed if that's you I just want to know who I'm praying for I want you to lift up your hand so I can see it right now in this moment just saying yes Lord I'm, I want you in my life I'm, I'm coming to you today in faith amen 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 good for you yep See you up there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See you back there. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Lord. God, thank you for each person, God, who's opened up their heart to you right here in the lobby, Lord, uh, online. God, we pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you just bless them. And I just want to encourage you to pray with me this prayer. God, I'm opening my heart to you right now. I don't understand it all, but I'm asking right now that you forgive me. I'm asking right now, God, that you put your spirit inside me and empower me to live a different life in a new direction. I trust you. I surrender to you today, Jesus. You are God. You are my Savior and my Lord. And I say yes. most powerful, most important decision you will have ever made in your life. And just in this moment as we're still praying, maybe you're here and you've never experienced baptism. It's a public statement of an inward commitment you've made to God. It's a powerful statement where you're saying from this day forward, I'm going to live a different life, a resurrected, empowered life. Years ago, I was baptized in a moment I least expected came upon a church and they baptized me fully clothed. And I'm inviting you right now, if that's you, you want to be baptized, you know God is knocking on the door of your heart this morning. Don't leave unchanged. We're inviting you. Feel free to be baptized. Go over to the cross where Pastor Kenny is over there on that side and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll baptize you. You got to be a little crazy though, right? That's okay. I think we need, we need some boldness in our life to walk this life of faith out. So if that's you, feel free. Now, all of us, 
all of us, let's remember that the angels in heaven rejoice every time one person turns to God. And so if they're rejoicing, so will I. Let's make sure that as people come up out of the water, man, we are clapping, we are excited for them. But this is a celebration of baptism. Let's do it right now. The stars were made 
Thank you, worship team, too, for just leading us in some amazing worship times this, this morning. All of our sound and tech people as well. So proud of these guys being baptized this morning. Hey, if you were one that opened up your heart to Christ today, make sure and grab a Bible before you head out. They're at the welcome counter, uh, and uh, they're no charge or free, but we want you to be reading the Bible and coming to church and getting connected because we want to help you grow spiritually and make new friends and all of that. So, hey, on your way out, please turn right on your way out because it's easy to want to turn left if you're going north, but it's just safer and quicker if all of us turn right on the way out. God bless you. Your kids are so excited to see you. And uh, happy Easter, everybody.